Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Good afternoon, Canada. Welcome to another edition of The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. It is six and a half minutes past the hour here. My name is Andrew Lawton in for Roy this weekend, living out my always the bridesmaid, never the bride life here. You're a perpetual guest host for the coming three hours and also tomorrow as well. It's good to have you tuned into the program across the country here, folks. If you want to weigh in on anything we talk about on the show today, you can give me a call at 1-800-263-2428. You can also tweet me at Andrew Lawton, that is L-A-W-T-O-N, and you know you're a guest host when you have to spell your name to those listening in, by the way, and also, by that same token, you can send me an email to andrew at andrewlawton.ca. Hope you're all having a wonderful weekend so far. We have got a lot of stuff coming up on the program today. I'm going to be chatting in about an hour about the goal of the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario to eradicate Sir John A. Macdonald's name, that is, the first Prime Minister of this country from schools and public buildings. We'll talk about that push very shortly. And also we're going to be speaking later on in the program with Christine Douglas-Williams, who is a board member with the Canadian Race Relations Foundation and also author of the book The Challenges of Modernizing Islam. Now, the book itself just came out and I think has a lot of themes there that are worthy of discussion. But in particular, I want to speak with Christine about the fact that she may be getting fired by the federal government from her role as a member of the Canadian Race Relations Foundation because the government of the day is facing calls to have her dismissed because they don't like the fact that she writes about Islam. So we'll talk about that with Christine Douglas-Williams later on in the show. And lots of little odds and ends I want to get to today as well, from Mike Duffy suing the federal government to a new study looking at just how much we spend in taxes to everything in between. A lot of great things coming up on the show. And including in about, I don't know, six or seven minutes, I'm going to be speaking with Mark Bray, who's the author of the new book Antifa, the anti-fascist handbook and I had lined up the interview because he has this new book coming out but the thing that I find interesting is that he was also under fire a couple of days ago for an interview he gave on NBC in which he said that it was actually justifiable for Antifa to use violence to silence fascists or white supremacists or neo-nazis so we'll talk about that later on in the program as well before I get too deeply into things though I want to respond to a story I just saw a little while ago, actually, involving Saskatchewan Senator Denise Batters. Now, I know there are a number of listeners to the show in Saskatchewan, but this is an issue that really, I think, affects all Canadians when we talk about the civility or lack thereof in discourse today. Now, people need to realize the history here. Senator Batters' husband was a former member of Parliament, and he ended his own life. He dealt with mental illness, and he ultimately succumbed to that very illness when he killed himself. I have been there. I've been there. Now, Senator Batter's husband, Dave, died in 2009. I, less than a year later, in 2010, 
I had attempted my own life. And I mean, spoiler alert, I failed. And it was the greatest failure I've ever experienced, as a matter of fact. But I understand mental illness and I understand suicide. And I understand the impact that it has on those who are dealing with it. And also by talking to my family and friends, I understand the impact that it has on family members. So she has had to deal not just with a loss, which is challenging enough, but she's had to deal with a loss of something that is very misunderstood and something that is very heavily stigmatized. She's a politician. People don't like politicians. Some people don't like conservative politicians. A lot of people don't like senators. But there's a line you cross when you bring someone's family into the equation here, which is precisely what happened to someone who had tweeted their discontent with Senator Batters this week. And what this person had tweeted was, Denise Batters is a senator only because her husband killed himself and we taxpayers take place of life insurance. And then the person repeated later on, I said earlier, Denise Batters was appointed to Senate after her former MP husband had killed himself, taxpayers taking place of life insurance. So we have a few different moving parts here. Number one, diminishing her own worthiness of public office and her own success as a public official. Number two, accusing her job appointment, which took place for a number of reasons under Stephen Harper, as being tantamount with some sort of apology because her husband had died. And thirdly, invoking her late husband's name because of a political objection. Now, she saw these when she was just about to board a flight on her 20th wedding anniversary. On her 20th wedding anniversary. And this is the second time that comments that she received of this nature went viral this summer. She said in an interview with Canadian Press that she's used to personal criticism. It's part of politics, it's part of partisan, but she says invoking the death of her husband crosses a line. And she was going to just ignore it, block them, do whatever politicians do when they face such callous criticism. And she said, I thought, no, they don't get to do this to me. They don't get to do this to me. And, you know, I find that to be such a, a powerful way of thinking because I've had, as someone who has been open about my own struggles with mental illness, I've had people reach out to me on a couple of occasions and say, you know, you shouldn't have a platform because you're mentally ill or, oh, you're crazy. I mean, I am crazy, but that's distinct from, you know, my mental illness struggles. People saying, oh, well, you know, you, you don't have a right to speak out because you're this or you're that. And I have a thick skin because I'm used to it. And I work in a line of work where one has to have a thick skin. And Senator Batters has a thick skin because she works in a line of work where she has to have one as well. But the one point that I would raise about this, for anyone who thinks that they can speak to a politician in that way, you're not just speaking to them. You're not just stigmatizing Dave Batters' suicide. You're stigmatizing the suicide or suicide attempt or mental illness struggles of anyone else who ever sees that comment. And you may think you're just knocking one politician you dislike, which is still indefensible in that way. But what you're actually doing is sending out a warning shot to anyone else that if you dare to go down that road of having to experience a mental illness in your lifetime, you are a subject for mockery and scorn. So if you've ever thought that something like that is fair game for you to criticize, then you are part of the problem. Not just part of the problem of a lack of discourse and civility in politics today, but a part of a problem that goes much deeper when it comes to the way that we engage and interact with those who have mental illness, which, as the name suggests, is an illness in and of itself. 
We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but first I want to bring in my guest, Professor Mark Bray. That's coming up next on the other side of the break here. I'm Andrew Lawton, in for Roy today on The Roy Green Show. You're tuned into the Chorus Radio Network.